Blog Talk Radio.
Hey, 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 welcome to Let's Chat, y'all. We got a busy show today, so we had to play our song a little early. Hey, T. Hey, Alicia, girl, how you doing? You know, I love, 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 love that song. <laughs> Me too. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be, this is a busy, busy day, busy day. Let me tell y'all. Y'all just don't know. <laughs> girl, girl, you know I know. <clears throat> Definitely know about those busy days. Child, I need a nap. I was supposed to be napping, but I didn't nap. You ever lay down and then be like, okay, I'm about to take a nap. And then you get there and it's mm-hmm. like, hello. Your mind be racing and trying to just settle down, but it just will not listen. Mm-mm. So I didn't get a nap like I should. My eyes hurt me, girl. I do too much. I know, I know. But we're gonna we're gonna do what we do, Lee. We're gonna make it work because that's how we absolutely we that's what we do. That's right. We appreciate y'all absolutely. coming to kick it with us here and let's chat, y'all. We got a fantabulous show on tap today listen Mm -hmm. now if you missed our show last night don't worry you just go back and hit our archives here at blogtalk.com or on itunes as well as iHeartRadio. matter of fact any uh podcast app will be able to allow you to stream and listen to our archives we thank you guys for always supporting us all over the world we appreciate you guys we see y'all Thing. Uh, our show tonight is going to be on point. We got three fabulous guests. We're going to talk that talk about pregnant with purpose. What do you think about that? Now, Lisa, you know, you gave us a little tidbit, a little tease last night at the end of our show last night. And I was like, pregnant with purpose? Hmm. Which direction is this girl going in tonight? <laughs> so, I am, I, I don't everybody's pregnant with purpose? Men are pregnant with purpose? Or does it just pertain to women? It's everybody. So mm. let me tell you how I came up with the, the topic. It was like really easy. Um, I mm-hmm. met the author Anne Marie uh, Benson and I did the covered the um, Black Authors Matter tour last year that was here uh, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I covered that event. And I met this author there, y'all. And we was just talking mm-hmm. and talking and talking, y'all. She's so awesome. Her and her husband. Her husband, her husband is an author as well. And her book is called Pregnant with Purpose. And that is mm-hmm. really literally where I got the topic from. Because if you think about it, we are all, like you said, we are all pregnant with purpose. Um, and mm-hmm. and just like any pregnancy, you got to take care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Right. A lot of times we don't you know, eat the right things. We don't do the right things to help nurture and and grow uh, the things that Mm -hmm. we have on the inside of us. And so that's really what our topic was for today. And all of these ladies that we're going to have on today are all um, for women. You know, they they Mm -hmm. are all Mm -hmm. purposeful women. So I'm excited uh, because we have the fabulous Kimberla Lawson Roby. We I love it. Anytime I ask her to come on the show, she's like, sure. Even if she got something to do, she might need a different date. But you know, she never tells me no, and I appreciate her for that. She just really supports us, honestly. 
Uh, and then we got mm-hmm. the fabulous Kimberly Jones, who is just nominated for NAACP Award. We are so super proud of her. I met her a couple of years back at the AA, um, NBC Awards. I don't know which one it was, um, but that, mm-hmm. I met her. That's how I met her at one of the awards. So I'm just excited. We're going to have a good, good, good night. Uh, we're going to talk that talk about literature um, next uh, Thursday, y'all, it's going to be so awesome. I'm trying not to tell y'all what I got, but. <laughs> she been teasing us, y'all. She been teasing us. <laughs> I got two, I got two people that I, 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 I love talking with. And, um, I can tell y'all what the topic is going to be, because I already know the topic next week is going to be, um, literary, um, literary relevance. I believe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So how to stay relevant uh, throughout the changes in the the the, the industry and um, the authors that we have one next week uh, mm-hmm. have been relevant throughout their literary careers um, mm-hmm. independently. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they have taken it and they have taken it and monetized on their pen. So if y'all listen to our show, y'all know that last year we did a monetize your pen segment. Uh, and we had the fabulous Victoria Christopher Murray uh, and uh, Kevin, uh, who is going to, Kevin's going to be back with us, T. Uh, so he'll oh, be here awesome. next week as well. Kevin is one of the writers from Monogamous. If y'all have not seen mm-hmm. Monogamous, I'm going to need y'all to get it from up under that rock and go on and get gone and, and watch that there <laughs> series. Okay. They on season two. <laughs> go on and catch up now, people. Yes. It's, it's, I was trying to get all the writers from uh uh-huh. the show, but we got one. So we gonna we gonna make uh-huh. it do what it what it do. So I'm excited about next week because we have uh T Styles is gonna be in the building and uh Iris um is going to be in the building with us as well. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. That's a jam-packed show, Lisa. It's exciting to to hear it. And like you said, they all are relevant in a literary world. And they and between Iris, between Iris Bowling and T Styles being independent and being relevant, and not only just authors but they have taken their books they have turned mm-hmm. them into series they have expanded their brand and they've been doing it for years you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you know you have a lot of authors that think about being relevant and they don't know and they get frustrated with the changes in the industry and they don't know how to move through the tides to stay relevant mm-hmm. um, and we're going to have those people on the, that's, this is really our part two of monetizing your pen. Uh, Cause we're going to talk mm-hmm. that talk about keeping yourself relevant uh, in multiple industries. And so I'm excited mm-hmm. about that one next week, but mm-hmm. we're going to get the show cracking. Absolutely. So we're going to get this show cracking. Uh, go ahead on T, open us on up. Absolutely. Welcome again, once again. To let's chat. My name is Miss Tony. I'm joined by the fabulous Miss Alicia. She got so many things up her sleeve over there, guys. Just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> but here, okay. let's chat. Alicia and I, you know, we started off with literature and we have evolved so much, Leash. We have embraced all walks of the art 
you know, and we embrace it with open arms because it really has expanded our platform, Leash. And I really appreciate everyone that has come into the show and, and, and shared their time and their expertise with us. So make sure you guys go and check out our archives because it is just filled with so much richness in there. And on any topic, on any given day, we have had someone in this chat that can talk about it and talk about it with expertise. So we do that in a royal way, no matter what it may be. And we love hearing their passion behind what it is that they do. And the, the, I listen, the audience also gets a, a, a joy out of hearing their passion because you never know who may be listening. And they just may need that one spark just to get them directed in their lane, because we're all about being in your lane here on this chat. So make sure you guys buckle up. We are pregnant with a purpose tonight. That goes for everyone, not just us women, <laughs> as Lee has explained. So get ready <laughs> to be pregnant with a purpose. Thanks for joining us this evening. Absolutely. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Got so much going on. We're going to take a brief break. We're going to take a brief, brief break, and we will be back. We're going to hit you with some of that cares, George. Give me some of that. Ah. Yeah. Mr. Boy. Give me some of that. Listen. Oh, I mean it. Live your life to the fullest, nigga. My granddaddy said you reach, you better pull the trigger. So I pull the trigger, and I make sure it's empty. So if you wanna see another day, don't fuck with me. I felt a lot of pain, I shed a lot of tears, and it's the happiest I've been in a couple years. See, you don't know my life and all the grief inside. When my heart beat, it sounds like a car collide. I wasn't raised with love, we didn't give hugs. Some of my family don't speak, we still got a grudge. Born in the slums of Jersey, you slip, you get drilled. Best friends with sides, the one gets killed. See, everybody wanna be a dog. To them shots, rain got you feel that hot plug. Is it blue? Is it red? Now that nigga dead. Now the corpin is your bed where you lay your head. When I close my eyes, sometimes I dream of death. I do so every breath that I take. Lord, I know I'm blessed. So every step that I take, I do it like it's my last. Life is short, motherfucker. It ends in the flash.
Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I want to take a brief break, though. Happy birthday, Bunny DeBarge. Her birthday was yesterday, or the, it was yesterday. And I forgot mm-hmm. to tell her happy birthday. So happy birthday, Bunny. We appreciate you. We love you. And we want you to have a blessed and prosperous life. Y'all continue to pray for her, her mother, um, uh, Mama DeBarge, y'all. But we appreciate her. Mm-hmm. She Every time I ask her to come on, she never tells me no. She always makes time. And I really appreciate Miss DeBarge. We got our first fabulous guest up in here, y'all. Let me tell you how proud I am of this one right here. I met her, like, I want to say maybe four years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, you were with, that was, you was with me. Remember we met her at the AANBC Award? We was at uh, Georgia Tech at the event, mm-hmm. and she was there. Oh, right? wow. That was a long time. Wow. <laughs> that was a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> this girl, well, you know, here on Let's Chat, we, if you listen to the show regularly, we always talk about taking bold steps in the dark and this one right here mm-hmm. she take her bold steps in the dark you never know what she's doing but when she comes to the light it's like boom daddy <laughs> 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 we got the fabulous kimberly jones in the room congratulations mama on your naacp nomination oh my god oh, we yeah. are so happy and so proud of you Thank you. <laughs> I was shocked. I like, I had no, I didn't see that coming at all. Mm-hmm. Things happen in the dark. They come to light, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. That's just the moves you're making. Okay, so mm-hmm. before we get started, you got to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. So, oddly enough, like, well, not oddly enough, but I started as a bookseller. So, I was a bookseller, and I eventually became the store manager for the children's bookstore, Little Shop of Stories, downtown Decatur. And so, that being one of the most known um, children's bookstore in the country, I started, like, lecturing, and I served on a lot of committees. Like, I I served on the um, selection committee for the National Ambassador for Young People's Literature. I was on the committee that picked Jean Yang, and so I served on committees for the Children's Book Council, and and then I started, um, I got on the board for uh, the AANBC uh, Literary Awards. So becoming a bookseller really, and that was back in 2010 that I became a bookseller at Little Shop of Stories, and it really gave me entree into the literary world, and I did that for years and years and years, and I thought I was going to be a picture book writer. Like, I had all these picture book manuscripts that I was prepared to query and put out there in the world, and then my co-author, Geely, came to me and said, I saw this news piece. I have this idea for a YA novel. Um, She was like, but me, as a white woman, have no business telling this story by myself because it, it was centered around the incidents that happened when Freddie Gray was killed. Um, she said, would you co-author this book with me? And I was just like, sure, whatever, fine. And she and I have been, we were friendly. We were in a book club for women who read um, YA, grown women who read YA novels called the Not So YA Book Club. And so mm-hmm. we had gone on some writing retreats together and stuff like that. And so we sat down and it took us two years because we both have very busy schedules. Um, it took us two years to write the book and we finally finished it and we queried it and we got some referrals from some writer friends that we have and we got an agent and then 
like quickly after we got an agent, like faster than normal, um, we got a deal with Sourcebooks, and it has been like amazing to take this journey for for the past two years. The book came out in August, but two years since we signed our deal, and it's like it has been bigger than ever. I never dreamed it to be this big. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. you better go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago, we were talking about walking to the top of Stone Mountain. <laughs> exactly, exactly, which I still haven't done. <laughs> That's okay. You you busy. You booked and busy. It's okay. <laughs> Although not not this month because they've been canceling my my appearances. Like that, people been dropping me That's like hotcakes. Corona, look, look, Cyrus called Corona a female yesterday. I was like, why it got to be a she? Why it can't be right. a she? I think it's a jerky man doing all of this. You know what I'm saying? Corona just messes it up for everybody. I'm going to need you. Where's his know. wife at? Where, where, right. Get a handle at? on your we, man, bro. Get your man together. Like, for real. I mean, my email for the past four days has just been cancellations. Festivals canceling, mm-hmm. school visits canceled, um, events canceled, live appearances canceled. I'm like, good Lord, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have time to write that second book finally. But see, yeah. you know, I will say everything happens for a reason. And I really truly True. believe our, that your steps are ordered. All of our steps yeah. are ordered. And so things yeah. are canceled, but that it's a cancellation that's a delay. It doesn't mean that right. it won't be scheduled to bigger and better things. So, And then for you sure. have this other book that you have to sit down and, and actually write. So, you know, God just made it so you have that time to sit down and get this second book written. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it all yes. works into your favor. It all works in your favor. You know, our topic today is pregnant with purpose. Oh, um, oh yeah. Yes. I'll, we always talk about a goal moment. And so your goal moment is that moment that you decide to go for it. But it's a thought that has execution behind it. Most of the time right. we have a thought. And with that thought, it's the way we speak to ourselves is always, I can't do that. You know, we're so right. mindful about how we speak to others. We're not very mindful about how we speak to ourselves. And so when we no. have these thoughts to do something, it's like, no, I can't do it. No, I can't do it. It'll come up again a couple of months or a year later. Mm, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Somebody will come and see your, your path, your space, your life, and be like, and you'll be like, girl, you know I can't do that. Talking yourself <laughs> out of something that you already right. knew you were supposed to be doing. But then you just right. have that one moment where it's like, boom. Let's do it. What was your goal right. moment like? Um, my goal moment was when we had a draft of the book that we were excited that we felt was was clean enough, as clean as it could be um, at that moment. And, of course, you know, when you get published in the traditional world, normally the way that process works is you query agents. Um, and you might query 10, 20, 30, 40 agents before you get signed to an agency. And then after that, then they put your book out on submission to the publishing houses. I think our go moment for me was we had the we had a manuscript that we felt good about, and we were just going to go through the querying process. And I looked at my partner. I said, you know what? You and I both have these relationships. We have friends that are authors. Um, I've worked in publishing for nearly a decade now. I have all of these people that I know that are editors, that are agents, that are all of this stuff. And it feels, yeah, it kind of feels like cutting the corners to not go through the querying process. But it's like, but I've earned these relationships. 
Like I had to get honest with myself. And, and like you said, we talk to ourselves so terribly. Like we talk so kind mm-hmm. to other people and so terrible mm-hmm. to ourselves. And I said, no, I have worked for almost a decade on all these committees um, through all of these literary programs, serving on all these boards and these committees. I've earned the right to walk in the door without having to go through the begging process. And I'm like, I'm about to call all my friends. Forget it. Whether the, uh, this is, mm-hmm. the, I'm gonna shoot my shot. I've never asked any of them for any favors. And I told my mm-hmm. my co-author because she also um, had, you know, built some relationships with friends with authors and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, we are not about to query. We're about to call our friends who are already agented and ask them to give us referrals. I'm about to call the editors. I know at these publishing houses and say, hey, I have this manuscript. Um, will you look at it? And that's what we did. And it was the best decision we ever made to not be skittish about calling in those fa- calling those favors because we had most people are like trying to get an agent to be interested in them. We had multiple agents wanting to sign us. We mm-hmm. had to decide which agent we were going to go to. Um, part of what helped put the book to where it is, to where so many people were interested in it, is that it had been circulating in the publishing houses because I had sent it to all of these editors and publicists and people that I knew at the publishing houses and say, hey, take a look at this manuscript for me. So there was already buzz about the book when we went out on submissions. Mm -hmm. People had already read it and were talking about it. And I could have told myself, like, no, go through all the proper channels like everybody else. But it's like I had to convince myself and have that go moment to say, no, you've earned the right just to pick up the phone. So Mm -hmm. just pick up the phone. And that was my Mm -hmm. moment. Wow, that's awesome. This is Tony, um, Kimberly. Do you feel that um, once you get past, it's like a fear that's holding you back with that mm-hmm. go moment, but once you get past that querying process, do you feel like the flood just opened up and, and it just and, and strengthened you to just continue to go and push and strive for what it is that you want? Oh, definitely. But here's what I, what I will say is that it, gets, it never gets easier. Like each step mm-hmm. in the process, is difficult in its own way and is amazing mm-hmm. in its own way. So I feel like mm-hmm. you never get to a place where you're like, okay, now I'm good and I can just skate, you know. And I talk to friends who are much further along in their career than me, who are, you know, who I, you know, I do have books printed in other languages. Some of them got books printed in 20 other languages, and they still talk about how they have to be pers- purposeful and decisive in the decisions they make and conscious of what they're doing. And so you still, the grind never stops. Like Diddy is the best person. He's always talking about that. Like the grind never stops. Like once we had an agent, then it was time mm-hmm. to get, get serious about going out on sub. And once we got picked up, then it was serious about getting the edits done. And once we had the edits done, then it was time to get ready to go to marketing. And once the marketing was out there, then it was time to get ready for the launch. And once the launch was out, then it was time to get ready to go on the road. And once we went on the road, then it was time to get our presentation together. And now that we have our presentation together, then it was time to pitch the second book. And now we're working on the second book, and then we're going to start that process all over again. So mm-hmm. it never ch- – it, it, the, like, stress level never changes. <laughs> But but I I know what you mean. You know, this is still Tony. We try to say who we are because we sound so much alike. Although tonight, you may know it's me because I I have a little frog in my throat. But it Uh seems like each level that you come to, each, each, you know, each challenge that you come to, you kind of build from their strength from the challenge you just overcame. Do you feel that that's the case? Yeah, and you've learned, yeah, you've learned from your Mm -hmm. mistakes. Um, you've learned there are things I'll do on the second. Those things, there are things I will do on the second book um, that I didn't do with the first. There are things that I did with the first book that I won't do with the second. 
You know what I mean? Right. And so right. you're always growing and learning. I don't ever want to get to the point where I feel like I got it because I feel like if I ever get to the book, the place where I feel like I got it, then I'll stop growing. And I think you should be growing mm-hmm. until you're dead. I think that mm-hmm. you should know that there's always room for you to get better. I think you should mm-hmm. know that there's always room for improvement. Like there are some mm-hmm. artists that I can legitimately say, like I look at their work and they may be successful, but I'm not a fan of their work. And when I listen to them in interviews and stuff, I can hear why I'm not a fan of their work because they're so sure of what they're doing, but they have in process growing. I have a, one of my best friends is a well-known actor and he still takes classes and he's got like 80 credits under his belt on major TV shows and movies where he's been like the lead. And he still takes acting mm-hmm. classes. He still teaches acting classes because he says he likes to teach acting classes because he always learns something from his students. And so mm-hmm. I just think that, like, with each thing, you do get better. And, and there mm-hmm. are things that do get streamlined. And there are systems that, you know, that you know, that you, like, know that you know. You know what I mean? Like, right. yes, I know right. that I know how to do that thing. But you're always learning. Even Steven Spielberg said he learns something new on every movie. Mm-hmm. And he's Steven Spielberg. So I know, right? It's interesting. You said something that was very interesting. You grow, you want to grow until you're dead. But you know yeah. something? Even after you're dead, you can still continue to grow because your your works, they live forever. You know, yeah. in a book, those books stay forever because I've always been a reader. I remember books from 20, 30, 40 years ago that are still resonate with me. You know, so right. those those great works never die. They don't, and they I'm get a new a audience hashtag. and a new understanding. <laughs> it is yeah, true, and you always have fresh eyes that may have never read your book, and they come across it, and then they want to gobble up everything that has your name on it. Exactly. Because think about how many people um, discovered works of Toni Morrison that they maybe had never mm-hmm. read when she passed away. Like, they may have read mm-hmm. some stuff, but now they're discovering, like, different works. Like, I had never, I had never read... Tar Baby until she passed away and then someone gave me Tar Baby and I was like I love this book you know what I mean mm-hmm. so yeah exactly the love reading historical romance you know I was like I used to eat everything up with historical romance and that was so many years ago but I can still remember the characters you know yeah I can still remember the, the development of the characters I didn't know it was development at the time <laughs> I'm sorry but those stories still live within me yeah, and, and then they'll get passed on to the next generation. I mean, how exactly. old is Shakespeare's work? It's hundreds of years old. Oh, my gosh. That's a great example. A yeah. great example. Wow. And he, and he died is- not knowing his impact, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And that's where your, your, your works live on, even past the grave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I want to go back to something that you shared with us, Kimberly, about the uh, author that wanted to co-write with you, mm-hmm. um, right around the Freddie Gray. It's interesting that she felt that she couldn't. I think you said you, she couldn't re- particularly relate to it because she was a white woman. And well, how... she related to it, but she said she didn't think it was right for her to write that voice mm-hmm. alone. Ah, okay. And how was her take on it? How was your so take we, on it different from hers? Yeah, so we decided that since we knew we would have these different takes on it, that the best way to, to express that was to actually put that on the page, was to put those different mm-hmm. takes on the page. So the way that our book, 
I'm Not Dying With You Tonight is set up. It's told in alternating voices uh, between two girls, one black and one white, who survived the night in race riots. And so she wrote Campbell, the white girl's chapters, and I wrote Lena, the black girl's chapters, and it, it leapfrogged mm-hmm. between the two. And so um, you get to see how differently those girls see the same night. Um, you get to mm-hmm. see the moments in which they see the night the same. But one of the things mm-hmm. that we wanted to focus on was because they were both female, the the that there was a lot of similarities in the way they see the see the night because the omnipresent threat to the physical form never goes mm-hmm. away. Like I always wow. give an example when I'm in a room full of men, I say, "How many of y'all gonna take y'all keys out before y'all leave this lecture tonight?" And none of them will raise their hand. And then I'll say, I want all the women in the room who, before you leave this room tonight, your keys are going to be in your hand. You're going to be completely situated. You're going to be prepared for that walk to your car in the dark. All the women raise their Mm -hmm. hand. Mm -hmm. And that's just a small example of the threat to the feminine form. It is omnipresent. It's always there. We're always conscious of the people around us. We're always conscious of who we're interacting with. And so they they shared that similarity in the night, but their view on how and why the night should have gone the way that it went is very different because they're black and white. It's like an innateness within us, you know, and sometimes you don't even realize it, but it lives. And it's big. Yeah, it's huge. Mm-hmm. It is huge. <laughs> wow. Now, I just brought up that book on my, my, my tablet, I'm Not Dying With You Tonight, and I love the cover. You know, Leisha and I, we're a little bit book bougie here on this chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> A lot book bougie. Mm-hmm. We used to deny it, but we don't even do that no more. A little, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't even do that no yeah, more. Yeah, we embrace it now. We re- we mm-hmm. embrace it now. But that cover speaks volumes. How, how did you ladies come up with that? Actually, we didn't even come up with that. We um, we actually. Uh, we they the publisher asked us to send in some a list of covers that we liked and a list mm-hmm. of covers that we didn't like. And oddly enough, all the covers that we sent that we didn't like were illustrated covers. Um, we sent in a lot of covers with photography on the front because we wanted a cover with photography on the front. And so they sent us, they said, we're going to send you a mock-up. We had this artist that did a cover um, that wants to be the cover artist um, for your book. And we know y'all said y'all didn't want an illustrated cover. Like We know y'all said that. They're like, but we think that when you see this, when you see the work that he's done, you're going to love it. And we're like, whatever. We told y'all we didn't want an illustrated cover, but go ahead and send it. And they sent us this. And we're just like, O-M-G. Like, we couldn't believe how perfect it was. And we're like, all right, we were wrong. Y'all were right. (laughs) You had to admit it. Yeah, but I love the up, upside down, you know, even down to the names, you, you ladies' names also, you know. Yeah, it's completely down. reversible. So if you're like mm-hmm. holding a book in your hand one way, you see my name, and then you turn it, and you see her um, her name the other way, and then the title flips as well. But when exactly. you take the cover off, when you take the jacket cover off, then it does it again, but it's a different color than the cover. So the cover mm. is black, but then when you take the jacket off, it's the same art but in white. So I was like, it's brilliant. Oh, now I went inside the book. I see what you mean. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that's talent. Yeah. Now I want to go. No, the, I want to go oh, back yeah. to the uh, the writing process. What was that process mm-hmm. like for you guys? 
So, you know, people are like, why did it take y'all so long? Why did it take y'all two years to write it? First, because I I have other jobs. I have two other full-time jobs. And my my co-author is an attorney, so she's still practicing law. And um, we, because what we do is you have, unlike... I, I I have this thing I call writing in the gaps, right? And so I got that I got that from my co-author. She always says that she's writing in the gaps. Um, so she'll be like at her kids like sporting events, and she'll like you know pull her laptop out and write. So when you're writing by yourself, you can write in the gaps, you can write in the cracks, you can write whenever you feel like it. But like I would have to wait on her chapter because the way that a chapter are chapters are set up is not like the same chapter twice from different perspectives. It's like mm-hmm. I would write a chapter and then her next chapter would pick up where my just my, my last chapter left off. So we would have to wait on each other to finish a chapter to write our next chapter. We had a, a, mm-hmm. a severe um outline that we had done. We had a very detailed outline we always jokingly say we plot like fantasy writers instead of contemporary writers because we plot in grand detail especially like in building out the world and the neighborhood and all that stuff um but it was kind of like a slow process because it was like I might feel like writing today but if she hadn't finished her chapter I didn't even know where I could pick up at Mm -hmm. I had to wait to get it Mm -hmm. and then vice versa like she might have some time where she could write but she'd have to wait on me to finish my my next chapter so she could pick up where that left off at um, but it's funny mm-hmm. because then when we got to the editing process, we edited side by side. Like we sat with each other every day to edit because our characters are within each other's chapters. And just even in terms of like keeping the voice consistent and making sure that Lena always sounds like Lena and Campbell always mm-hmm. sounds like Campbell, we had to edit heavily within each other's chapters. So we did the whole editing mm-hmm. process sitting side by side, which again means we got to like figure out time where our schedules match, where we can actually get together. So it was a long process, but I think the book was better served for doing it that way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, our topic tonight is pregnant with purpose. Um, mm-hmm. What 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 phase in your life did you realize that you were pregnant with purpose as, to be an author? I realized that when I was managing Little Shop of Stories, I, 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 we had a program. We worked with the Decatur Education Foundation, and we had a program that we were a part of called Project Bookshelf, um, and they had a grant. So kids who lived in the housing authority in the incorporated city of Decatur, the kids who were in the middle school and the kids who were in high school, they came in in two different groups. But the kids who lived in the housing authority could come into the store before any break, before spring break, Christmas break, any break. And they had up to they had like around thirty five dollars that they could spend on books before each break. And, you know, YA books are a little less expensive, so they could walk away if they were buying paperback. They could walk away with three books or, you know, hardcover, they could walk away with two books. And Mm -hmm. I would put all of these books in these kids' hands, and they wouldn't read them. They would not read them. And it, and mm-hmm. I was trying to find books of, from black authors, you know, black YA authors, black middle grade authors, and I would give them these books, and they would come back the next break, and they still, they hadn't read them. So finally, I asked them one day, I said, um, y'all point out, y'all point out a book, y'all find a book on Amazon that y'all want to read, and I'll order it, and y'all let me know, and then I'll order it in so that next time y'all are here, I have a book that you actually want to read. Because I'm a firm believer that it's not that kids don't like to read. We just haven't, they haven't found the book yet that they mm-hmm. enjoy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they are, a group of the middle school girls came back to me. They said, Miss Kim, we found a book we want to read. Can you order it for us for next time? And I said, sure. And I said, what's the title? Girl, please tell me why they wanted me to order Thug Loving. I said, no, ma'am. I will not be ordering y'all no Thug Loving. 
That's not gonna happen. They said what well, talking you about any book. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, I'm not ordering y'all no black erotica. Y'all mama's not about to cut me out. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> so I ordered Thug Loving for me. And I'm like, I want to see what it is. Because I had heard of the book before. But I'm like, I want to see what it is. What they read the description. What is it about Thug Loving? Or some friend told them about Thug Loving they want to read. And what I realized is they were asking me for a book in their voice. They were mm-hmm. asking me a book that was written in their voice. That were girls that sounded like them. That 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 came from the same kind of background they came from. Because remember, these are girls who are living in the housing project. And mm. so... I'm like, I'm like, oh, they, I'm giving them all these like bougie black girl books and they don't relate to them because that ain't their life. And not that they can't read it and enjoy a, a lifestyle that's different from theirs, but I'm trying to get them into books. And to get somebody into books, they have to relate to it. They have to feel it. So I'm going to tell you what book I found. And this will tell you how many years ago this was. I ordered them Cookie, a Fort Worth story by Tamika Newhouse. Hmm. I said, this is appropriate for kids. Because that's Tamika's one YA novel that she wrote. I said, this is appropriate for kids. It's written in their voice. It's a girl coming from a similar background as theirs. And I'm going to order them this book. So I ordered I ordered cookie for all of them. When I tell you they devoured that book, I got emails from their teacher saying that they had formed their own little book club around it, that they were getting in trouble because they were sitting in class reading it in their desk. These are kids who had said that they had no interest in reading, who for a year I had put books in their hand that they never cracked the cover on. And they were now making their own book clubs. And I realized wow. in that moment that I needed to write for them. Because I grew up mm-hmm. on the south side of Chicago, so I get it. I don't remember seeing myself in a book, on a page. Mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. book I found when I was a kid that I liked was Man Child in the Promised Land by Claude Brown. Because I I understood that voice and I felt that voice, but he was still a boy. It wasn't a mm-hmm. girl. And it wasn't a teenage girl, it was a teenage boy. And so I, I started this this catchphrase that I say to this day, and I and I and I it's it's when I found my purpose was working with those girls and watching them devour cookie. And then Tamika did all this special stuff for them. She came and did book club for them, she brought them cookies, she came up to their school, she invited them. Um that year, the year I met y'all at, at Georgia Tech, she gave them all tickets to come to the AMBC Awards. I remember that. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I rem- Remember that? And, uh, yep. So that and that's what all those girls came from. And so I realized in that moment I wanted to write books where her girls could be heroes too. Girl, wow. you better go ahead. I know that's right. <laughs> well, you I know, here on last moment. <laughs> yes, you know, here on last chat, uh, we like to do something fun. Um, okay. You you got a you got a war mm-hmm. so we gonna we gonna be nice today because you know we want you to just bask <laughs> in that moment. So T always okay, comes up with I our fun questions. Three nominations this year, so I got nominated for the NAACP Image wow. Award. I got nominated for Georgia Author of the Year, so I won't know if I won that one until June. And then I got nominated of all things for an AMBC Award for a Female Author of the Year. So it's been crazy. See, That's look awesome. at that. So think I give you a fun question. We are so proud of you, Kimberly. I don't know what she gonna ask you, so you might want to clutch your pearls. Oh Lord, I'm ready. (laughs) No, no, no. It's gonna be a good one tonight, Kimberly. Don't worry, because you know we are still basking in your glory and in your 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 awardness. So I've been on this little kick lately. You know, I started out last night, (laughs) but um, Mm -hmm. I, I have a little for you that I okay. heard not too long ago. Now listen closely 
You ready? I'm ready. Okay. There were 30 cows on a farm and 28 chickens. How many didn't? Wait, say it again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There were 30 cows on a farm and 28 chickens. How many didn't? How many what? How many didn't? Didn't? Yes. Uh, there were 30 cows and 28 chickens. And how many mm-hmm. bitten? I guess mm-hmm. I would have to know what a bitten is. <laughs> <laughs> she said she has to know what a bitten is. <laughs> I'm talking to my husband. <laughs> you know, I, I, talked, I had talked to him about it. I'm like, babe, I got to use it on the show. I got to use it on the show. If, <laughs> what's Wait, your first so answer, Kimberly? <laughs> uh, Seven? I don't know. Okay. Leash, you gonna you, you participate in Leash? Okay, let me think. Oh, yeah, at least don't leave me by myself. <laughs> um, don't leave my I got Leash last night. Too. Thirty cows <laughs> and twenty eight chickens. How many didn't? Oh, Jesus. Okay, so let's <laughs> this let's see. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, 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 listen. Okay, thirty cows, right? Twenty-eight chickens, right? Y'all get it? Twenty-eight chickens. You so got you say, in the neighborhood, Lisa. I would say ten cows. You got it. Kimberly, did you see how she got that? No. You break down 28. Break it, but break it down into a sentence. Okay. 20. It's like 8. You had 30 cows. Chicken. And 20 of them ate chicken. It turned in. It? Oh. oh, wow. <laughs> I'm thinking the number 28. You had 30 exactly. cows and 28 chickens. Ah, oh, that's good. That was a good one. See, that, that was a good, good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yes, yes. That is super good. Okay, you got me. Got you got to see. You got to read this fundamental. You got to pay attention to the <laughs> So, we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. We want you to shout out all of your social media, any events you have coming up. Make sure you tag us when you get your next nomination so that we can support you. Thank yes. you. Well, I have no events coming up because they all canceled. <laughs> Lord. I was supposed to be at YTL next week. I was supposed to be at the Texas, I mean, the Teen Book Con in Houston. Um, but all mm. of that stuff is getting canceled. But um, you can find me on social media. Um, my uh, Instagram is my full name. is Kimberly Latrice Jones. My middle name is spelled. There's a million Kimberly Joneses, so I couldn't just do that. So it's my full, my middle name, my whole government. is Kimberly Latrice Jones. My middle name is spelled <laughs> L-A-T-R-I-C-E. And then on Twitter, it's Kim, not the Kimberly, just Kim, K-I-M, Latrice Jones. Um, and if you go on Facebook, you can find me. I'm Dark Tone Kim. So Facebook, Dark Tone Kim. 
Twitter, Kim Latrice Jones, and uh, Instagram, Kimberly Latrice Jones, and, like, follow the pages, because as we get out of quarantine, and a lot of these people are going to, like, try to come up with new dates for the events, then I'll be posting them, so. Absolutely. I'm going to start following you as well, so look for that. We so appreciate you. We so appreciate you so much for having me on. This was awesome. You guys are always fun. (laughs) We enjoy having you. Thank you. I'm still tripping off this 28 cows. <laughs> I know, right? I know. You can continue to listen if you would like. We have two more of uh, uh, interviews coming on. Kimberly, For sure. Kimberla Lawson Roby is one of them. Can't wait to catch up with her. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. We had this is great. You go. You got to come back again, though. You know, we, we got to come back. Um, yes, I'll you come back busy. when the second book comes out. Yeah, absolutely. You got to bring Geely with you. We turned it in. We just need a release date. So okay, got to bring Geely okay. with you next time. Yes, Geely is a big old time. Y'all gonna love Geely. Absolutely. Awesome. We look forward to it. <laughs> yes. Thank you so All right. well, very thank much, you, ladies. Have All a right, good night. Yeah. to Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, she's so awesome. She really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate her taking time out to just come and sit and talk with us. Y'all, just mm-hmm. welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know, I got my right hand, and majority of the time, she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. Honey, we've been talking that talk about pregnant with purpose. We have our next fabulous guest in the room. Her name is Anne Maria Benson, and this is her book is what I came up from our topic today. Um, I met her mm-hmm. at the uh, Black Authors Matters tour, and I was able to interview her uh, on that tour, her and her husband, both fabulous. And y'all, mm-hmm. let me tell you, she's just a blessing. And so I'm excited that she's able to come and kick it with us today. Hey, how are you? I am doing wonderful. How are you doing tonight? We are good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you got to tell everybody just a little bit about yourself and your journey into books. Well, um, I can say that I wrote my first book back in 2011, uh, 2012. That's after I came out of um, a really difficult um, divorce after being married for about 15 years. And um, mm-hmm. when I came out from that divorce, I wrote my first book called The New Consecrated Cocoon. And mm-hmm. uh, in that book, I talk about um, basically that when we go through tough times in life, that it's like equivalent to going into a cocoon like a caterpillar. And I kind of liken what happens in our spiritual cocoon with what happens with the caterpillar that, you know, the caterpillar goes in there, hangs upside down, surrenders, and needs to lose some things that he's not going to need when he comes out as a butterfly. And I talk about that there are a lot of things that when we find ourselves in a cocoon, for lack of better words, like I was you know, going through a divorce where I realized I had lost myself. So I had to go mm-hmm. and find myself. 
Yes, ma'am. I had to go mm-hmm. find who I was, you know, in the Lord. And I had, I went into the cocoon with things I didn't need and I needed to shed like the caterpillar. I, I had to shed, you know, rejection and lack of self-worth and didn't know who I was, my lack of identity, um, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, so that was my first book. And it was crazy because when I, I wrote, <laughs> when the Holy Spirit gave me the revelation for that book, I my ex-husband had not asked for a divorce yet. So here I thought I was getting ready to write about this process that I had not gone through yet. I was going to speak about it, you know, um, theoretically. <laughs> and as I was trying to write and as, uh, you know, he, he, he asked for a divorce by email, but that's a whole nother topic, you know, because uh-uh. he was overseas. Whoa. He sure did, girl. And so... Um, <laughs> no, man. When I got... <laughs> Yes, ma'am. And so when I got the email, it's like he wrote a book because it was about four pages long telling me everything that I wasn't and everything I did wrong. And so, uh, yeah, and so when that email came, uh, I was writing already, um, and I said no. You know, I was like, okay, come to the States and look me in the face and blah, blah, blah. But he was serious. He cut off sending the money. He took me off his insurance. I mean, he just did. He just did the most, y'all. So, uh-huh. story short, the Holy Tap being like, "Hey, you still trying to write? No, I need you to put that pen down because I need you to go through what you about to tell the people how they can get through." So that was my first experience with writing. Um, quite frankly. Um, that's how my, my ministry, like I thought I was doing something before that, but my ministry was really birthed through that because I had to come up for air. I didn't realize for 15 years I was literally drowning. Whoa. I know. And, I... You, know, <laughs> and you know, divorce, you know, people always don't, don't look at um, divorce or ending of relationships as death. Um, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's death of that form of that relationship. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's death of, of your hopes and dreams, too, right? Because you've got all mm-hmm. kind of ideas and things attached to that as how you think life is going to be. But you got to bury all of that and allow something new to resurrect. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's true. Absolutely. So well, after you sat down and watched that here, this here email, uh, and read that 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 email that he sent. Uh, <laughs> pause. Men do not send emails. That's just not <laughs> what we do. But he did. Right. Um, he you did. know when we ever when we go through death, we have a moment to where um, we kind of empty and we just kind of we're walking and we're moving and we're talking, but we really dead inside. Um, mm-hmm. How was writing the uh, first book you wrote? How was that process like for you um, with that that somewhat of an emptiness? Yeah. yeah, well, that's a great question because I couldn't write while I was going through. I literally was in the same cocoon that I write about. I was in a place of necessary isolation. You know, mm. it wasn't something that I chose but when I was, you know, when I realized where I was, I realized that God wanted to turn that time of isolation into intimacy with him. And so in order to experience 
experienced that, I really had to just allow myself to be with him. And, you know, it's kind of crazy because even though people were all around me, when you're going through something like that, you can feel alone. And Mm -hmm. because people don't really understand, even though you're trying to share and you're trying to explain, there's only room for one in the cocoon. So as I was uh, in there experiencing that and, and really getting to know who I was in the Lord, it wasn't until I would say about eight months into the process, it was right before the divorce was final that I felt the release to then begin writing. And as I was writing, it was so crazy. God gave me closure on so many things that by the time Mm -hmm. I got to the end of the book, it was like a huge weight had been lifted off me. But I couldn't write while I was going through. I I had to, Mm -hmm. man, I I had to empty myself of all of the crap and stuff that I had, you know, been filled with just, with life experiences because I mean, you know, I can easily point to my ex and you know, all the things and he did some things now, you know, that, that really wasn't right. But the question always looms, well, what was up with me that I would choose him? What was up with me, you know, that I, I would desire or allow myself, uh, you know, treated less than who I deserve to be. And so that is what that time frame was, was for me to understand, you know, what the voids were in my life and allow God to fill it so I didn't go into any other relationship making that same mistake. Absolutely. Mm. Now, when you, I want to fast forward um, because you got remarried, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about your new book, Pregnant with Purpose. Uh, what was that process like, and what was your goal moment like? Uh, that moment where you decided to to sit down and write this book. Yeah. So that whole um, again, like you know, the first one I told you, God showed me how to kind of do the comparison, if you will, between what we go through and what the caterpillar goes through, kind of like a supernatural and a natural, you know, phenomenon happening and show the similarities. It was the same with this one where the Lord showed me that uh, when he gives us a promise that it is, it's like a birth. It's like he plant a baby within us. When he gives us a vision, when he gives us, you know, and when he gives it to us, And once we recognize, because unfortunately, sometimes we're walking around and don't even realize that we're pregnant with a promise. And so uh, once he gives it to us, then there are some things that we have to do, just like a mother in the natural, to nurture and bring that thing to fruition. And so where I was, um, before I wrote this book, I was, long story short, I was living in Florida And I'd been there for 32 years. My sons were grown. Uh, One was getting married. The other one was off in college. And um, this was like right before I met my my now husband. I I was just, I was outgrowing where I was, for lack of better words. You know, I... I had mm-hmm. done everything God had called me to do, and this was the time in, in, in my life where God really wanted to enlarge and expand. And what that meant was I had to leave everything that was familiar to me. And so, and I began to know this before I met my husband. But once I met him and he was in Georgia and I was in Florida, it, God put all the pieces 
together and I realized, okay, it's time for me to move. But here's the thing, you know, um, God gave me the instructions to relocate and, and the relocation and everything went smoothly. So I knew it was God, but what happened was there were some relationships. There were people that did not agree. Let me just say that with Uh what I told them God was calling me to do and their lack of agreement led to lack of support. So when I moved here, I did not have the support of people who had walked with me for years, who Uh had believed that I was, you know, Oh, she's so anointed when she's in the pulpit, but this decision right here, we don't agree. So we question whether or not it's God. And so when I came to Georgia and uh, didn't have my support system, the, the people that had walked with me for years, that was devastating for me. Um, it was mm. a very tough period. But then what God showed me was these were not people who were able to come with me to that next level. They, these were not people who were going to have it in them to be able to nurture the promise, the baby that he had placed in me. Now, I'm telling Mm -hmm. you that years later, but at the time, it was very painful. And so as as God was healing me through that, that's when this book came forth. Mm -hmm. Wow. Listen, that's a whole testimony. I know, right? It's deep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know, it's deep, girl. I'm telling you, I don't, you know, praise God. When I write, I go for the deep. I don't, I don't stand in the, on the sand and I don't play in the shallow. I, I take the readers deep because I believe that that's really the only way we can get to the heart of the matter and really become the healed and whole individuals that we all say we want to be, you know, so I, I take the readers on, you know, my journey and back it up with scripture because it don't matter what I say if the word's saying something different, you know. Right. And so what have you learned about yourself throughout your journey? Because you've had quite a journey. What have I learned? I have learned that, uh, long story short, because there were some things um, that I didn't get that I needed when I was growing up, and there were some things I got that I didn't need, <laughs> figure that one out when I was growing up, that it caused me to grow up to be a person who really sought the approval and affirmation of people. And a lot men, because of the lack of my father's uh, emotional and physical presence, so what I learned about myself was that for many, many years, I would literally become this, um, you know, I guess you can call me like this pretzel where I would just bend and shape and conform and, and whatever mm-hmm. it is I, I could do for people to accept me because I dealt with a lot of rejection and I, I didn't want to feel that. And so what I had to do was allow God to heal me of that. And, you know, even to this day, I am healed and I claim that. But, you know, every now and again, you know, something might be said or done and, and it kind of pricks that and, and I have to realize who I am and, and recognize that, you know, if somebody doesn't get me, doesn't understand, doesn't support, doesn't whatever, that's on them. It has nothing to do with me. So, mm-hmm. and I want to say, you know, I want to say like I don't care, but I don't want to sound 
but I don't care. <laughs> you understand? That's what I care say. about at this you don't care. <laughs> you know what, I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what I care about at this point is is what I'm sorry, I keep that's my how you feel. I kind of don't care about that. It's You're right. True. <laughs> no, it's the truth. Like I, you know, I don't want to sound cold, but you know, there there comes a time. I I wrote in the book that you know when a when a um when a conductor you know steps out and he's got a symphony to perform and he comes out and he turns his back to the crowd because he ain't trying to see the facial expressions and and the nods of displeasure. He he turns his back and he does. That's how I feel. Like I literally had to turn my back on the crowd and get done what I needed to get get done to walk in the purpose that God has mm-hmm. for me. That's where I am. Absolutely. I, I love, love that analogy. That. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and you know, <laughs> it's funny because my mom died in 2016. Um, and mm. a lot has happened since then. But when I say I, I've been dead in my mind, this year I kind of woke up a little bit. Um, but it's so true, you know, where you you just kind of you don't care like you know I, I might be like oh and but really my all sound fake because it's like oh, I don't care <laughs> so I, I totally understand where you're coming from because I'll be like oh I'm so sorry to hear that but I don't care <laughs> <laughs> so I get sorry, it. I not get sorry. It. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah, it's it's the truth. I mean, when you really have a purpose that you're pursuing, you really have to be able to put blinders on to anything else that's going to be a distraction to you fulfilling that. And that's basically where I've been for the last number of years. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You have to have those people around you um, that are mm-hmm. able to to nurture you in your journey yep. and not feel away. Like, I can't right. because, you know, sometimes you have people that are dependent on you emotionally. I can't yeah. make you feel, no matter what I do or say, you always going to feel that way because you got something that's missing. But, you mm-hmm. know, at this point in time in my life, I, I can't help you with that. You know, I need you to help yourself. But you got to have those yep. people around you that still support you. They don't feel away. Mm-hmm. They don't. They just That's are supporting whatever is helping you grow. That's mm-hmm. right. And guess what? When I, you know, when I really relaxed in the Lord and and really just began to take my eyes off the people and put it on the promise and the purpose, then He brought the, the people into my life that were able to help usher me, you know, into the next level that he was calling me to go. And these were uh, people that wanted to see me become all who God has called me to be. So they didn't have any personal agendas or hidden motives or or those kind of things. So, yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes we do got to walk that thing alone for a minute. And that's what Mm -hmm. I did, you know, trusting that at the right time, if I keep walking, because that's the whole thing. We got to keep walking. If you stop, if you get stuck, if you turn back, right, you're going to miss what's up ahead. So Mm -hmm. some days I crawl, girl. Some days I, you know, Mm -hmm. God had to drag me. Some days I had snot and tears, whatever, but I had to just Mm -hmm. keep moving forward. And that's what I did. That's what I've been doing. Yes, ma'am. 
Absolutely. Mm. I love it. I love it. Well, this is your first time here on Let's Chat, and we do like to do something fun with our guests. Um, We've been doing something a little different. T, take care of the fun stuff. Um, So I don't know what she got planned for you. I'm not quite sure. I'm not in that department. That's above my pay grade. If if it's that riddle, like the other one, I am so done and so through already. I'm just letting you know. I was listening. I was like, what the eight, the what? Okay, but all right. I'm going to try real hard. Did you like it, though? Every, did you like it? No. Yes. Once, once, you know, once it came, listen, you know, yeah, it's been a long day. So when you start talking math, too, listen, the minute you said five cows and eight this, it's like I, I zoned out. I was like, oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you got in your bag, sweetie, but if it's mathematical, I'm already done. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to take away the math piece tonight because, you know, okay, you, thank you. You, you had a long day. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that so much. No problem. But I do have an interesting question. It's another fun question. Now, you know how okay. we used to color with these huge big boxes of crayons. Like, I think the biggest was like, you know, 64 or 120. Mm-hmm. If you were a color in that box, and you can even make up one, what color would you be What that would represent you and why? Hmm, that's a good one. What <laughs> color would I be <laughs> and why? Mm-hmm. I would have to say, well, this is, this is so crazy because I, I don't, so I would have to say I would have to say red. Okay. I think red is a very bold color. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, when it shows up, it's very noticeable and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not that I want to be noticed, but I want to be that game changer. You know what I'm saying? I want to mm-hmm. be that atmosphere shifter person that when I show up something's got to shift and something's got to change and I I feel like red changes the game you know what I'm saying so yeah I would say red I like that I Absolutely. like that. I like that one too I like how she put was, that was together that game changer oh, that was good that, oh did I okay because I want to did I still go too deep because maybe sometimes I, I don't know that's what that's no, really the purpose. That's really the purpose of her questions is to, you know, we okay. like to be able to allow our guests, our listeners, to experience our guests, um, yeah. especially the authors. And a lot of times, if people have not been introduced to your to your style of writing, to your to the person that you are, to just you, um, that's part of word of mouth. And we 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 really pride ourselves on being able to start word of mouth, introducing people to different things. And so your personality is one of those things that create that word of mouth. So the fact that you deep, you're going to bring in deep people. So we like that. And your content is mm-hmm. going to grab them because I got that there book. Y'all need to go on out there and get pregnant with purpose. I'm just mm-hmm. uh, pregnant mm-hmm. with promise. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. saying because she she's talking mm-hmm. and talking this book. Absolutely. We so appreciate you coming to kick it with us. We want you to shout out Thank all you. your social media where everybody can um, just meet and greet with you uh, and any events yeah. you may have coming up. Yeah, I do. And thank you for um, allowing me to share. Um, the biggest one is um, um, my ministry is hosting a women's retreat 
um, in November um, in Homer, Georgia, which is like 90 minutes north of Atlanta. And um, we've sold out of all the queen spots, but right now we still have um, about 15 spots available. It's 350 and it's four days, three nights. Everything paid mm. for, uh, food, room, lodging, everything, amenities. They've got a huge lake, and we're going to be swimming and canoeing. And um, But we've got an amazing praise and worship leader. We've got some amazing workshops. And the thing is, it's 350 but it just takes $50 to register. And then for the next six months, you pay $50 to pay off your balance. So we're trying to make it easy mm-hmm. so that, you know, because we understand that times are hard for everybody. So so that's the big thing, and I'm really praying. We've got we've had a lady register from England the other day, which is amazing. Uh, we already have about mm-hmm. nine different states represented right now. But, you know, if you're mm-hmm. in or around the Georgia area, Tennessee, uh, you know, Virginia, um, um, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, if you want to fly in, we're going to have a shuttle service come to meet you at the airport and bring you right uh, to the location where we are. And so, uh, you know, I pray that if, if there is a woman listening, listen, ladies, we don't, we take, we're so busy taking care of everybody else. We, we really give mm-hmm. ourselves the crumbs. And this weekend mm-hmm. is designed to lift you up, to empower you, to, to uh, strengthen and embolden you so you can go back to your family and your community a bad mama jamma. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love That's it. We appreciate you. That's a lot. Yes, ma'am. Yes, it is. We so mm-hmm. appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. Thank you. You, know, you are welcome anytime. Thank you. Now, I we have a girls it. chat segment on April the 3rd. I'm going to need, I'm going to have to get with you so you can come back for the girls chat segment. My birthday is April 2nd. Okay. And so we have okay, a girls bring chat me segment. In. Hey, yes. I want to chat with we some girls. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I want to chop it up with some sisters. Yes, ma'am. I would love to. I'll be honored. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely. We so appreciate you, and we will talk to you soon. Okay, thank you so much. Y'all have a blessed evening. Okay, you too. That was fun, Leash. Yes, so deep and powerful, let me tell you. Like, Mm -hmm. just talking to her for 15, for you know 15 20 minutes it was like wow she make you think she make you think about things um we have our next fabulous guest in here who has switched gears up on us so i'm excited because you know she done did the game changing move we got the fabulous kim beller lost and roby in the building welcome back how are you thank you hi ladies it's wonderful to be back i appreciate it we appreciate you for joining us tonight Yes. We appreciate you for joining us tonight. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. So you've really been cooking some things in, in your in your literary kitchen. Um mm-hmm. let's talk about the change up because you changed some things up with this new book. Let's talk about that process. You know, everybody has a goal moment. Um, you know, that goal moment is first a thought and then, you know, most of the time we don't think about the way we speak to ourselves. We're mindful about how we speak to others, but not so much how we speak to ourselves. So we tend to talk ourselves out of certain things. Um, But then that goal moment is thought and execution that comes together. So what was that goal moment like for you 
to change up uh, and do something a little different with your writing? Well, you know, of course, as you know, I have written 27 novels, so my entire writing career as it relates to books has always been fictional. And so about, yes, well, really, 2016 was kind of the real defining moment when I knew that God was leading me in a different direction and that he had placed this idea on my heart to write a nonfiction book. And as much as I did not want to write it, it just wouldn't go away. And so it became my thinking during the day before I went to bed at night, and it'd be the first thing I'd think about when I woke up in the morning. Um, but there had been some years before um, where there had been this change, and I knew that I was supposed to speak to women and not just speak to women, but to share my own experiences, the good, the bad, no matter what it might be, just to hopefully help inspire them and motivate them to you know, go on and, and do whatever it is they needed to do to figure out what their purpose is and to begin walking in it. But still, for me, it was a comfort zone to just keep writing my fictional story. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to take on speaking engagements. I would turn them down in many cases. Um, And Mm -hmm. then fast-forwarding now to this in 2016. So in 2016, I knew I had um, one more... um, one more um, novella, standalone title to write in my contract, and two uh, Reverend Curtis Black titles. And so I wrote those. Um, two of the books were released in 2017, and one, the final book in my Reverend Curtis series, was released in, Jan- in July 2018. Mm-hmm. But when I submitted that in December 2017, I made the decision to submit another book to sign another contract. Um, took some time mm. off, and then at the top of last year in 2019, sat down and began outlining um, this new nonfiction book called The Woman um, God Created You to Be, Finding Success Through Faith, Spiritually, Personally, and Professionally. Then God gave me a whole other idea and a whole other instruction, and that was Instead of submitting it to my publisher the way that I had planned and the way that I had mentioned um, to my Mm -hmm. editor, I decided to go back to self-publishing, and I published it on my own. Absolutely. Now, you know, well, you don't know, but we're going to do a show next week called Literary Longevity. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I want you to talk a little bit about that because you have been on both sides uh, of the of the coin, we'll say. And, you know, I always tell authors that I come across, always make sure you have breadcrumbs that come back to you. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to be signed. It's nice to have that engine behind you, but you always got to have breadcrumbs, be that hybrid, have both sides. How is mm-hmm. that process like for you? Well, it's, to me, it's been a great journey. Um, I wasn't sure, first of all, what it would be like to write a nonfiction book because I had never done it before. But mm-hmm. at the end of that journey, I was done understand and, and recognize that it was my most enjoyable writing experience. And then now with the whole self-publishing part of it, of course, there's a lot of work. You know, I'm doing everything that's usually being done, you know, by my publishing company. So it's a lot of work. And I've spent, you know, some days where it is up bright and early in the morning and it is going to bed very late at night, something I had had to really do for a very long time, but even that has been an enjoyable experience. Um, I've I've always been a person who 
has loved the business side of everything, even before I became a writer. So it has mm-hmm. just been wonderful to do that and to really have total autonomy. And, you know, if there's something that I don't like, I can say that I don't like it, and I can say, mm, you know, I'm paying you to do this. Can you make that change? And so I've I've really enjoyed having that opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, Kimba. This is Tony. And with that being said, do you find that you may just actually go back that route for your next book? You know, I'm not sure. I think with my this this is special for me. I think with the nonfiction avenue that I've, I'm mm-hmm. kind of traveling down now. If I write another another novel, I would likely still submit that to a publisher. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see, you know. But right now, my entire focus is on the woman God created me to be. Now, when when you sat down, because I know you mentioned that you've never written this this kind of genre before, what was that process uh-huh. like for you, uh, pulling that book together um, and making sure that you were able to bleed your pen on those pages? So uh, the one big difference is, so for, oh, let me just go back and say, when I'm writing fiction, I decide what topics I'm going to focus on, and then I create my characters, and then I outline the first half of the book. So a lot of times that means outlining 15 to 20 chapters before I start writing them. With nonfiction, I had the title. I knew what the title was. I knew what the subtitle was. And then I had to create the chapters, the table of contents. And so I had to know what those were going to look like. And um, I created the book in three sections. Um, the first section is here to you. So have X amount of chapters, and then the personal you, those are a certain amount of chapters, and then the professional you. And so that was very different. And so I didn't outline chapters. I just knew what those titles were. And then when I was, it was time for me to sit down, I wrote those chapters. And in some cases, when I'm writing my novels, especially once I've written several of the chapters, there are days, if it's a really great day, I can write three chapters in a day. With this book, I could never, not one chapter was I able to write beyond just one day. So it was chapter one, and then it was chapter two, and um, then I finished the first draft of that. There are 19 chapters, you know, sort of 20 if you count the introduction, because the introduction is pretty long. Um, But then I went back and did the rewrite. So it's a very different process, and I think it took me longer um, to write it in some respects, because I was sharing so much of me and who I am. Um, in the synopsis, um, it says, you know, my, my fears, my flaws, my failures, as well as my successes, you know, and things that I've done well with. So I was very much transparent in the book, um, shared things that a lot of people didn't know. Um, but what I realized, too, is that that is the only way that you're ever going to be able to help someone else. Mm. That's absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, Kimberly, this is still Tony. You know, how was that? Did you find out anything about yourself writing this book? Because because of the transparency, was it more difficult to be as transparent as you were? It wasn't at all, and I thought that was kind of odd. And I think so many of my uh, readers will agree with me when they say, "Yeah, I'm sure you know." 
Kimberla did think this was odd or strange because now I've heard so many readers tell me, some, you know, will send me messages privately and just say, wow, you know, you always seem so private, you know, and you, you know, never talked about so much of what I read. And so that is, I, I think that's sort of how I have carried myself um, the entire time that I've been in this industry. So, but it was very easy for me to write it. And I really believe that God just gave me the courage and the peace about writing it so that I could go ahead and, and get it done. Because I think if I had thought about some of what I wrote, I may have changed it a little bit here and there. But it was very freeing for me to just write, not have to hold back, not have to figure out what I could say or what I couldn't say. Um, that made a huge difference. Absolutely. Now, you know, you, you, you mentioned a little bit about your your next set of books. What, what's the Reverend going to be up to? Can you give us a little, <laughs> little just a little tea? <laughs> oh well, well that's just it. it. When I wrote um, Better Late Than Never, um, that was the last book of my contract. But that really was the final book in the series. Even even if I hadn't written my next fictional book, was not going to be a Curtis Black book. I mean, those fifteen titles are all you're ever going to see. That really is the end oh. of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is so, it the, the type end, of character end forever? or the maybe end? Because, you know, sometimes y'all say it's the end, end, and then, like, four years later, you, like, Curtis been talking to me, so here go another one, and we like, what? Yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, I have never been more sure of anything, I think, creatively, than I am about mm-hmm. that. I mean, it started with Curtis being the worst of the worst, and now Curtis is every bit of who I ever wanted him to be. I wanted him to show that the worst of people can and do change if they want to. People can become better. People can turn mm-hmm. their lives around. They don't have to keep treat, treating people badly. You know, as a husband, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to treat his wife badly. He can be a better father. He can be a great pastor. And that's exactly who he is now. And that's always um, what I wanted for that particular character. Mm-hmm. Go out on a high. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so to go back and, you know, backslide and become this awful person again, I can't even imagine. So, mm-hmm. Well, he can help another person that needs to be a better person. Look, 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 look at me look, just trying, trying to get to another one. <laughs> trying to get another one out of her. <laughs> I'm just trying to get something. No, we appreciate it. Right. We appreciate it. We appreciate everything that you do toward, for the industry and for authors as well as readers um, because you show us. Uh, a lot of times I always tell um, authors, you got to watch how authors move. Those authors that you admire, mm-hmm. the ones where you like their work, you got to watch how they move and they will teach you how to move. And so mm-hmm. I really appreciate you being that teacher teaching oh, them how to move uh, in, in the way that they should to expand their brand um, and be able to to push their craft to a different level. What's mm-hmm. next for uh, Kimberla? So, you know, again, I mean, this book was just released. I mean, kind of a soft release um, on the 30th of January, but my official book launch, my church has hosted that on the 29th of February. So, you know, now just moving forward with it and, you know, confirming speaking engagements and just mm-hmm. really preparing myself to go out and speak to as many women as I can and sharing as much as I can from the book in the process. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Go ahead, T. No, so I was going to say, is there like a book tour set up that that your your readers can kind of take a look and see if you're going to be in their area? Um, Yeah, so there are some events that are already listed on my website, and then I will be adding them, you know, once they are confirmed as we go on. So not a Mm -hmm. normal release tour like I normally do bookstore tours. Um, You know, I will do some bookstores, but uh, for the most part, um, the first two events were at churches, and then my one at the end of the month um, will be at uh, Trinity um, United um, Church of Christ in Chicago. So uh, lots and lots of uh, women's ministries I'm hearing from, so it's just, you know, a really wonderful time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, your husband, he's he's very, very, very supportive. How how important is that to have that support system around you as you're moving through your vision? It's really, really important. Um, had I not been married to, well, the kind of man that I'm married to, I don't think you and I or the three of us would be having this conversation today because Will has been very much supportive um, from the very beginning. Even when I was trying to get my first book published um, way before the idea of self-publishing came about and I was Mm -hmm. getting all the rejection letters, he was the one who believed more than I did and said, why can't you take your business background, start your own company and publish the book yourself? And he brought money from his 401k account and, you know, went through that process the summer of 96. I started my business. Those first 3,000 copies of the book came back. I was getting them out um, to, at that time, there were likely 300-plus independent African-American bookstores in the country. And so getting the books out to them and then getting it um, approved for Barnes & Noble. And so the list just went on and on and on. And then he was also the person, when those books came back and we had the opening reception, here locally said to me that night after the reception, you know, you really need to go to work um, this week and give your two-week notice so that you can give this 100% of your time. Don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified, you know, to go from two incomes to one. I I just couldn't see that. And he said, you know, we Mm -hmm. won't have money to throw away. You know, we won't be able to buy things we don't need anymore, but we'll be able to pay our bills, you know. But I think if you don't give this 100% of your time, you're not going to be successful with it. And so that was a Sunday night. We had taken a vacation day Monday. I went back to work Tuesday. I typed up my letter of resignation, and that was October. It was October 29th. So, of course, my final day was in November 1996, and I have been writing full-time ever since then. You know what, Ow. Mr. Robbie? Yes. Yes, Mr. Lawson. You know what? Yes. We love it. We love it. He said, I got it. And yes. you go and do yes. you. And, you know, a yes. lot of times, especially in relationships, um, I've we've spoken to a lot of authors that have experienced, um, I call it backhanded support, you know, where mm-hmm. you're supported by your spouse, but you're not really supported, you know, or the people around you, you're supported, but it's not really support because the expectation behind it, the intent behind their support is she's just going to do this for a little while and then, or he's just going to do this for a little while and then they go do something else, you know? And so for him to, to be the one to say, listen, you need to do this. He saw it. Like he saw your vision before you, 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 you were even acknowledging it. You know, he was your goal moment. I love that. 
And he was. And, and even with this, I mean, this is a major change to say, oh, you know, God's leading me to do this, and this won't go away, and this is in my heart, and I see it, and all of that. And I remember, you know, of course, still having a conversation with him, you know, wanting him to know, you know, where this was headed and what I was feeling and what I was thinking. And his only response to me was, if this is what you believe God is leading you to do, this is what we're going to do. And it's the we're. When he says we, what we're going to do, as if, you know, Mm -hmm. this is him sitting down and doing it. But he's always seen it as a team effort. And that has meant the entire world to me, that he has been this way. And um, in September, we will have been married 30 years, and he's been that way entire time. That's awesome. I love it. And I have just—I have another question regarding your latest book, um, Kimberly, the mm-hmm. woman God created you to be. You know, it, it, it took a little time, you said, to, to pen it, and it was a different experience. But mm-hmm. as you're pinning it and going back and 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 reliving, what what was it that made you the most proud that you had overcome and was able to write it and brought you the most joy? Mm. You know, probably uh, a couple of things. Well, for one thing, it it was it was kind of painful in in some respects mm-hmm. to relive. Um, the loss of my mom and what that whole experience was like and, you know, my not knowing what I was going to do and not even wanting to go on um, when Mm -hmm. she passed and, you know, losing faith in God when I didn't even think it was possible for me to ever even say those words, let alone um, actually do it. So that was something just to relive that and know that, wow, I came out on the other side and my relationship with God, you know, after my mom passed became greater than it had ever been, you know, so that's good news, and I'm, I'm really proud of that. But the other thing is, you know, my mom always, always told me to treat people the way I want to be treated, and at this mm-hmm. point in my life, I'm finally at a place where I feel like that in all respects. Um, I start out the book in being very honest and saying there were times when I would judge people when I didn't, I had my own things that I needed to be working on, and I'm really proud mm-hmm. to be able to say that and to say, you know what, I'm way different than all those years ago. So, mm-hmm. And that's growth. I think that anytime, especially to be married for 30 years, she's been married, she's been married like, 20 years. She like wife 101. Oh, I'm sorry, T, 25 years. She wife mm-hmm. 101. 28. Oh, I'm 28. sorry, T, 28 years. We're going to round that up to 30. <laughs> so for 30 years, that's that's 60 years between both y'all. You know, a, a, right. a lot of times, you know, we don't, um, we don't look at that. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't really look at that. We don't look at um, that type of experience in life and be able mm-hmm. to to grow from it. A lot of times when you get into relationships, you don't make room for growth because you're not thinking no. about it. It's not like it's a selfish moment. You're just not thinking about it. But to be able to be in a relationship for, for 30 years, for 10 years, for 20 years, you've made room for growth for both you and your husband. And that's yeah. awesome. Um, because yes. everybody doesn't know how. They don't know how to help each other to grow or, or be there while that person is growing. If you could right. drop uh, five jewels on just just becoming the person um, that you should be, what, what jewels mm-hmm. would you drop? Uh, so uh, the first thing is to, you know, totally and completely keep your faith rooted in God. Um Treat people the way that you want to be treated. Uh, 
always remember that, and this is from my mom, but it has always served me well, and I've, I've not seen her proven wrong. But no matter what, always know that for everything bad, something good comes out of it. Um, uh, the other thing that my mom taught me was to, you know, never, ever think that you're better than anyone, but always know that you're just as good as them. Um, and then finally, um, when it comes to marriage and it comes to relationships, you know, it is this. I start out um, the marriage chapter. I mean, actually, it's the chapter before that when it's talking about relationships. And I start out the line and I say, if you don't like Will Roby, you've already decided that you don't like me. And that goes that means and that goes for everyone, family, friends, and acquaintances. Mm-hmm. I know that's right. She said, if you don't like him, you don't like and me. Don't. And if he don't mm-hmm. talk to you, neither do I. <laughs> And that's it, you know. So it is God, and then it is our our marriage, and then it's everybody else, and and we've kept that intact and in place, and and I believe that has made the difference. And we aren't just you know husband and wife, and of course we certainly have that intimate part of our relationship, but we are also best friends. Mm-hmm. And you and you also are one. That's how I yes. say, it, you know. Yes. Because yeah. it, it, and you have to have that level of, of, of knowing where you are on that ladder of life. Yes. Absolutely. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, marriage has different levels, just like relationships. But love has different levels. Uh, and But in marriage, it's different levels. And at some point in time, um, I'm not saying there's no emotion, but I'm saying that the requirements of what's going to be to make y'all move forward changes you got to be best friends and that person has to be okay with them being your best friend you know what I'm saying and everybody has to have their own baggage together you know it's not that they're going to be a perfect person but you can't put the expectations of the things that you're lacking on that other person because they're no matter what they do, how many flips and turns, how it's not going to ever be enough because you have things to work on for yourself. And so for everyone to be able to work on themselves and then come together, I think that's, that's a, a dynamic that needs to be a book because a lot of younger generation, they don't know how to – take it to that next level and take that process there um, and exactly. move it forward. Yes. So for, for you, when you, when you sat down to, to write this book and you did a, a you did a chapter about marriage, have you thought mm-hmm. about doing like any type of event or um, just surrounding being able to have like, the summits or things to talk about marriage um, with you and your husband? You know, possibly in the future. I don't know that I would want to host one, but it would certainly be great to be a part of one. Um, you know, in 30 years, you know, we could talk about everything, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and as you said, the growth and how we were able to grow together. But, no, I think it would be um, just awesome to do that, especially as it relates to speaking to, you know, newlyweds brand new couples or even people who are just thinking about getting married. They may, you know, only be uh, getting married. They may only be engaged at this point, but there's so much that they that they should be looking at. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there were things that, uh, you know, we would have probably done differently. One of the things I talk about in the book is that, you know, just by the grace of God, Will and I have 
had a happy marriage. We've had problems. We've had ups and downs. We've had rough patches. But the majority of that time, you know, those years have been very good. But I do think that early on in the marriage, you know, some of the disagreements we had or, you know, it was actually probably more me than it was him. You know, I I was that type until my mom had to correct me. I was that type where if an argument happened, I was fine with walking out and walking around for the rest of the day right past you, not saying anything. You know, that was okay to me. And so my mom said, no, you know, Will is right, because Will was that person who um, there was a time we had an argument. We were disagreeing. Can't even remember what it was. But I remember I left. I went in the bedroom, and I was done. You know, I was just, you know, don't talk to me. That's it. He walked behind me a few minutes later, and he said, so are we still going to the movies or what? And I looked at him like, oh, my God, you must be out of your natural mind. You must be out of your mind if you think I'm going somewhere with you. Um, but that's that was his take on it, that, you know, you have this disagreement and you move on. And so my mom mm-hmm. said to me, it's like, you know what, you know, you're wrong. You know, Will is right. That, that you don't stop loving each other just because you disagreed or you had an argument or, you know, some major mm-hmm. problem. And, you know, so that was just kind of that. But. Yeah, so it's been so much of that, but it is the, you know, sticking together and, um, you know, being in love. And I think loving somebody and being in love with somebody, that's totally two different things. Because Uh when you're in love, then you're able to work through the worst of things. Uh Mm -hmm. And that's where growth comes in as well, Kamala. You know, and it's it's okay to agree to disagree, but it's the getting Uh through it that makes you who you are. You know, yes. and a lot of I think a lot of young relationships these days they 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 come across a hurdle, and instead of going through it, you know, or trying to to solve it, they just call up the whole thing. And they do, they do, yeah. and that was what I mm-hmm. kind of started talking around about. What I was going to say is the one thing that we could have had um, in mm-hmm. the beginning, if we did it all over, was some sort of premarital counseling or Christian counseling. I do think that makes mm-hmm. a big difference because you're able to really bring out, you know the way you are, what you like, what you don't like, and then the person mm-hmm. you're engaged to, they're able to do the same thing. But when you go into a marriage, if you've not had those conversations, you kind of know the person, but you don't really, really know that person um, in terms of what mm-hmm. it's going to be like to be with them 24 hours, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And my husband and I, we had that uh, premarital counseling. And, and at the time, you don't realize how important it is, but as uh-huh. you come Within that marriage, you know, those are things, those are the foundations that you have to fall back on. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, it was just Mm -hmm. a blessing that we were able to, you know, find ourselves on one accord with so many things. But I just know that, you know, counseling really can make um, a huge difference. Mm -hmm. It can. I love it. I love it. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. Now, you know, here in Let's Chat, we like to do something a little fun. We're going to do something a little different because we know you. we have to do fun with you in a certain way because y'all listen. She'll be like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> She'll be like, uh-uh, y'all ain't about to have me out here looking crazy. Absolutely not. <laughs> and she will let you know. In a minute, listen. Let me tell y'all, she ain't, she ain't for she ain't for the play play. She will tell you straight no, it's up. Only on no. a certain level, but no, ma'am, I'm not doing that. You have my my husband listening. I can't do that. She will tell you straight up. <laughs> so 
got some we got a fun question. She gonna give you a fun question. She's into these uh <laughs> these uh <laughs> riddles. This is her new thing. And so mm-hmm. she's been doing pretty good. I don't know if you listened to the last the, caught the end of the last interview, but yeah, she's been doing pretty good. So she's gonna give you a riddle <laughs> and we're gonna make it work. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Now, Kimberly, I remember last time you were in the chat room, you did not want to go for my uh, synopsis, our live excerpt. So we are not going to go down the avenue. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we got a riddle for you. I used it for the first time last night, so I got I had a lot of fun with it. So your mm-hmm. riddle tonight is, <clears throat> what gets wet as it dries? No, what gets wet as it dries? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. You really got me. I can't. <laughs> and, and I'm sure it's probably something so simple and so obvious. It, it is. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, is that your final answer? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> she like listen first y'all got me doing that thought I was about to do that synopsis that I absolutely wasn't going to do so then y'all came with these this this, this riddle question that's right okay Kayla do you need a lifeline <laughs> yeah I probably need all of them <laughs> okay the answer is a towel you have a dry towel when you got out of the shower it's drying you off and it's getting wet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I knew it. I thought it was going to be something so obvious. So obvious. That's a did good you like one. That one though? That's a good one. That I did. One. Yeah, that's a really okay. good one. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> See, we we listen and we pay attention. See, Miss Kimberly, she don't okay. play. She do not no. play. <laughs> Off top, she was like, first she was like, really? Then she was like, oh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we learned. We we took we yeah, took heed of that. that. <laughs> <laughs> we took heed of that because she she is not for play play, not at all. She is not for it. <laughs> and we appreciate <laughs> you. Yes, we appreciate you for that. We thank you for coming to kick it with us. Every time we call on you, you never tell us no. If you're busy, you say, well, I can't do it on that day, but throw me another date. And in the end, you always come through. You always support us. Mm -hmm. Um, We appreciate you. We appreciate you, your support, always being able to come onto the show whenever we call on you. And we really, really thank you for that. Well, thank yes, you, ladies, for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I enjoy chatting with you anyway. So that just makes it that much easier. Oh, and you are you welcome back anytime, anytime. When your next book comes out, if you want to talk yes. about it, we are here. Thank you, thank mm-hmm. you. I so appreciate it. You have a great evening, okay? Okay, you too. Take care, ladies. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I love it when she comes on, y'all. She is so awesome. When I say she is awesome, she ain't for play play, but she is awesome. <laughs> Let me tell you, she is so mm-hmm. awesome. For, and I appreciate, um, you know, 
I don't know about you, T, but we, we, we're able to interact with a lot of authors that the average reader is not able to interact with um, mm-hmm. on, on a different outside of social media type level. And, and I appreciate our Rolodex and, and the people that we can reach out to and if we have questions mm-hmm. or want them to come on. And mm-hmm. they're always for it. You know, whatever it is mm-hmm. that we want to do. I know before my event, you know, she sent me an inbox. And I mean, she, y'all, she truly, truly is very awesome. And I just appreciate mm-hmm. her just, just being um, in our presence and being able to share her presence and her knowledge uh, with us. Mm-hmm. And um, her writing as as an author, you know, to help us grow, you know, as a reader. Mm-hmm. And not even as readers, as literary influencers, you know, our job mm-hmm. is to help people grow and take their readership to different levels. Um, and right. an author's pen is constantly growing. And through that growth, we as readers grow. You see what I'm saying? We, exactly. we literally grow mm-hmm. as people, even if it's a, whether it's a nonfiction or fiction, they, they grow us. You know, we always, we'll have T-Styles in here next week and, you know, Silence in the Nine, that's my book that, you know, Nine, that's my girl. And uh, <laughs> I, I love T Styles pen. I love the fact that T Styles will take you to the jungle, drop you off in the jungle, pick you up, throw you back into a boardroom, take you from the boardroom, and throw you on a street corner. I mean, but her pen is is just fierce with it, and it's smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's smooth. Her transition from everything, um, and Kimberly's the same way with her books, even though she's decided to sit down and write a different genre was it really different from what she's already been writing you know what I'm saying because everything she Mm -hmm. writes has a lesson inside of it um so I just really appreciate her for that absolutely and also it's a it's a great experience because you get to to feel a different side of her pen as well Uh uh-huh and be able to experience her when she comes on the show. Um, and so mm-hmm. we are really thankful for that. We appreciate you guys kicking it with us here in the chat room. Um, y'all listen, our replays are everything. Um, and we really, really appreciate you guys. Stay tuned because um, our shows are going to be, I'm going to put all the shows on uh, our YouTube channel, which is Let's Chat. That's our YouTube channel. Um, and we do have mm-hmm. a few shows on there, but you, by the end of this year, all of our shows um, are going to be on there. But I'm going to start with the newer shows and work my way back because that's six years of of shows. I think we got about mm-hmm. um, <laughs> over a thousand shows. So I want to <laughs> make sure that um, they all got to be edited where they need to be edited, especially our older shows. I want to be able mm-hmm. to edit it up and, and make it, you know, put it in a nice little box before you put it on uh, our YouTube channel. But just hold tight for that. We appreciate you guys. Appreciate your support. We will see y'all next week, next Wednesday. Um, I'm excited because we're talking about literary. Um, what I said was, I keep forgetting the topic. Literary yeah, longevity. Yes. Literary longevity. I got to write it down. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll think of a topic on one day and then the next day I'll forget. And then I'll think of something else. And I'll be like, oh. (laughs) So I have to start writing it down because stuff will come to me and I could just be doing something. And I'll be like, oh, that's a word. Oh, that's that's a good topic. You know, so I have to be uh, 
careful with that and make sure that I get those written down. But we have Kevin Wrights. He's going to be on. He is one of the uh, writers for the show Monogamous. So I'm excited about that. Um, We're going to have Iris Bowling on as well as Key Styles. We're going to talk about literary longevity as well as monetizing your pen. So this is really part two of our segment that we did last year uh, with the fabulous Victoria Christopher Murray. So we'll be seeing you guys on next Thursday. Um, and then tomorrow, tomorrow, yes, tomorrow is going down. So we need y'all all all here, y'all. So EP Pope, who is, uh, a producer and he's going to be in the building. He is actually, his band is actually, uh, rapper, the games band that he takes on tour with him. So they are back from their European tour. Well, not European, Mm -hmm. their UK tour. And, uh, last stop was Dubai and I love being able to to experience his experiences because he always does a live he always is um just letting us experience his music last time he was on the show we learned he could know hold the note or two uh so I'm excited that he's gonna be back (laughs) in here (laughs) and uh, we got Erica Street in the building she's writing up them curvy curvy novels and then we got Cornelius in the building. Uh, Mel Arthur is going to be in here kicking it with us tomorrow. So I'm really excited. We got a great show on tap for you tomorrow. We are out of here. Alicia got to go to work, y'all. I work at 930. I'm going to have to stop doing that. I'm going to have to stop <laughs> scheduling myself to work right after I do stuff. Um, because mm-hmm. I, That's a long night. Then having a headset on all day long, that literally I have a headset on all day long. But I got some other stuff I got to do. Uh, for some clients, so I need some um, some time to to be able to handle those things as well. We always busy. Mm-hmm. T edits, and she works, so I try to make sure that not often that we have three shows this week, but honestly, this week was a great week. We had a fabulous time. Just make sure y'all check out mm-hmm. our archives, and we will see y'all tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Can hold and make it all right